Amen. Well, folks, I hate to break it to you. Maybe you're wondering why Ron was up here. This stuff just writes itself. Uh, Bill Wimberly had another rough week. Can you believe that? I'll tell you why. I couldn't believe this, right? And believe it or not, Mario, it started like this. I mean, he goes into the kitchen in the morning, right? And he's sitting down there at the breakfast table, and he knew something was up when Diane shoves this book at him entitled, Women Are From Venus, Men Are Wrong. Not a good sign, right? And then it turns out he knew something was really up when uh, she put soap flakes instead of corn flakes into a cereal bowl, and Bill didn't get mad. He was just foaming at the mouth, okay? And so then obviously he had to stop somewhere and get breakfast on the way to work, and so he goes to get a breakfast burrito thing or whatever, and so he drives up to the drive-thru there, and he asks the attendant, he says, hey, how do you prepare your chickens? And the attendant said to Bill, he says, nothing special, sir. We just tell them straight out they're going to die. Yeah, he gets worse. So Bill then leaves, obviously, with his evil burrito. He's munching on that. And all of a sudden, he sees this penguin walking alongside the road here in Vegas, Tom, right? So he picks it up, and he finds this policeman, and he shows the penguin to the policeman, and the policeman says, hey, take that penguin to the zoo now. So about an hour and a half later, all of a sudden, the policeman sees Bill driving a bike again with that penguin. So he pulls Bill over, and he says, hey, what are you doing? I told you to take that penguin to the zoo. And Bill said, I did. But now he wants to go to the movies. Right? <laughs> So obviously the officer looks at Bill and goes, hey, wait a second, your eyes seem a little bloodshot. You've been drinking? And Bill trying to lighten the officer up, he says, uh, no, officer, but your eyes are a little bit glazed. Have you been eating donuts? <laughs> Bill went to jail, right? <laughs> and obviously Diane came down to bail him out there. And it was a good thing because it was their wedding anniversary, okay? So the whole family's over that night and they're partying. And all of a sudden this fairy appeared, Jim, and, and, and said that because Bill and Diane had been such a loving couple all these years that she was going to give each of them one wish. And so she went to Diane and says, what's your wish? And Diane says, well, we've, we've been strapped financially and, and I've never really gotten to see the world. And I, I wish we could travel all over the world. So the fairy waved her wand and poof, Diane had tickets in her hand to travel the world. So next it was Bill's turn, and he, he paused for a moment, and then he started to reflect on how she shoved that book at him about men are wrong and, and feeding him soap flakes instead of cornflakes. And so he selfishly said this. He says, well, I'd like to be married to a woman 30 years younger than me. Yeah, so the fairy waved her wand, and poof, Bill was 90. <laughs> and now you know why Ron did the announcements. <laughs> wow, can you believe that of all days? Uh, but that's right, folks. Believe it or not, as bad as that was for Bill this last week, uh, believe it or not, he's not the only one who's having a, a never-ending, ongoing hard time, okay? Believe it or not, the Bible says our planet is headed for hard times that just seemingly never ends day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, and that starts at the seven-year tribulation. Hello, you don't want to be there. And the reason why it's unending, never-ending trouble is because it is an outpouring of God's wrath on this wicked and rebellious planet. Jesus, again, said this is the worst time in the history of mankind. You don't want to be there. In fact, if God wasn't merciful and shortened it to just seven years, the entire human race would be destroyed. Okay, how many guys would say that's probably not a good place to be? Well, praise God, because he's not just a God of wrath, he's a God of love as well. And so he gives you an opportunity, okay, to escape this through Jesus Christ. He loves us, so he gives us many warning signs throughout the Bible to let us know when the tribulation is near and the rapture even closer than that. That's what Bible prophecy is. Do you know that one-third of the Bible deals with prophecy? It's God's loving way to let us know about the first coming of Jesus, the second coming of Jesus, and last time I checked, that's not bad news. 
That's good news, okay? So in order to keep you and I here at Sunrise from experiencing the ultimate bad day, I believe, of being left behind, even worse than apparently hanging out with Bill lately, uh, we're going to continue <laughs> in our study, Bobby, the final countdown update, all right? Now, we've already seen the first 10 updates, and that was the Jewish people, the Antichrist, modern technology, worldwide people, the rise of falsehood, the rise of wickedness, apostasy, the rise of a one-world religion, a one-world government, and last time, if you were here, we saw the rise of a one-world economy, and there we saw out of love. God's given us forewarning, so we're not caught off guard. Okay, when you see all the world's, not just governments, but now all the economies coming together as one, which is happening right now today, we saw with the various proofs. We saw the machinery proof, okay, the union proof. We saw the currency proof, where we not only have right now, not 50 years down the road, we have right now all the pieces, all the plans in place currently for a one world economy. And we're even seeing signs that they're calling for a truly universal global currency. And what they're promoting is electronic currency, which is exactly what you need for the mark of the beast and people are already starting to implant it in their bodies to make financial transactions not 50 years down the road not coming soon it's being put into play now that's what makes these times much different okay but that's not all the fourth proof we know we're really headed for one world economy is that's right what i call the cashless proof okay we're going to talk about a cashless society and this is where we kind of left off last week if you recall and this is what we see the antichrist needs to have if he's going to pull off the mark of the beast system okay he not only needs a one world global economy it somehow at one point needs to go electronic okay it has to be a cashless uh electronic currency society uh but again as always don't take my word for it let's go back to our text revelation 13 Revelation 13, verses 11 through 17 again. Let's uh, plumb this one more time and take a look at what else is going on in this text. Okay? Is it true that the Antichrist needs to have a cashless society? Can he pull it off the way the currency is now? No. But we're getting very close to getting what he needs. That's what we'll see. Revelation 13, it's on page 1087 in my Bible, if that will help. Okay, as I stall some time. Revelation 13. Uh, let's take a look at verse 11, of course, talking about the false prophet working in cohorts with the Antichrist, okay? What are they going to implement during the seven-year tribulation? Let's take a look. Then I saw another beast coming out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, the false prophet, but he spoke like a dragon. And he exercised all the authority of the first beast, the Antichrist, on his behalf, and he made the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose fatal wound had been healed. And he performed great and miraculous signs, even causing fire to come down from heaven to earth in full view of men. And because of these signs, he was given power to do on behalf of the first beast. He deceived the inhabitants of the earth. Then he ordered them to set up an image in honor of the beast who was wounded by the sword and yet lived. And he was given power to give breath to that image of the first beast so that it could speak and cause all who refused to worship it, the image to be killed. Then if that wasn't bad enough, he also, what? force everyone small and great rich and poor free and slave to receive a mark on his right hand or on his where forehead why what's the whole big deal because of this so that no one could buy or sell unless he had that mark which is the name of the beast or the number of his name now again if you were here last week we saw in this text there really is coming today folks it says it right here in the Bible, predicted nearly 2,000 years ago. How do you know you're living in the last days? How do you know you're getting close to the seven-year tribulation? When you see, as it says here, a global push for a global economy, this is what the Antichrist needs to do. He is going to control all the buying, all the selling on the whole planet. And in order for that to happen, he has to control all the 
economy, okay? And again, if we were here last week, we saw that's already being put into place. The second thing, though, he not only needs a global economy, he needs a global uh, uh, currency, which again, we saw last week, they're calling for right now. But here's the point, that currency has to be some form of electronic currency. Why? Well, thanks for asking, Bobby. You're on the ball once again. Uh, It's because it's common sense, I think, uh, as defined by the text here. It says, if you're going to pay with something with what? There's two body parts mentioned. You got your right hand and your what? Forehead. So if you're going to purchase something, buy and sell something, make a financial transaction specifically with your body part, your right hand, your forehead, this tells us it has to be some form of electronic payment, right? Because common sense tells us that according to this text, it's not talking about somebody slapping a dollar bill to your hand and making a pay, uh, payment at 7-Eleven, right? It's not talking about 20 bucks slapping, you know, duct taping it to your head, okay? <laughs> All right, I got my shovel right? I mean, John already does that at bowling, and it freaks me out personally. I wish it would stop, okay? Uh, but, but, <laughs> but seriously, it has to be some form of electronic payment, uh, okay, to pull off the mark of the base, right? Can we agree on that? It's common sense on the tech. Now, here's the point. I don't know about you, but I am so glad we see zero signs of going to a cashless electronic currency society, not just in America, but around the world. There's no signs of that. E- wrong answer, Joey. Thank you for that buzzer noise. Uh, yeah, folks, in fact, It's almost here. It is almost here. I'd say we're just one little catastrophe away. Whole thing's going into place. Cash is out of here. And the first way we know that, folks, is because the promotion is already here. The promotion for a cashless society is already here. Now, whether you realize or not, folks, it's just kind of like the old adage, the frog in a pot. How do you cook a frog? For those of you who eat frogs, Apparently, <laughs> you put it in water and slowly heat it up. It's the same thing. We've been slowly conditioned, whether you realize it or not, to move towards this cashless society that the Bible predicted would happen in the last days, okay? Let me uh, give you some examples. Trace the, the trail. Uh, last several decades, you know, if we went from a paper currency to electronic cash, and it happened actually very fast, if you recall, okay? First of all, if we didn't have any money on us, they told us, hey, don't worry about that. We'll let you write a check. Remember that? Checks were the thing. Everybody, hardly anybody does checks anymore. Again, that's the trend we'll see in a little bit. Okay, but checks are going out. But anyway, that's the first thing, right? If you don't have money, you don't need money, write a check, okay? And then if we didn't have money uh, uh, to write that check, then don't worry, uh, we'll loan you the money through these nifty devices called credit cards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Yeah, credit cards, okay? Uh, but wait a second, we're Christians and we want to be wise stewards, right, of our money and not go into debt, which stands for dumb excuses for buying things, for those of you wondering. Uh, okay, uh, then, then hey, be a smart steward. Don't, don't charge it, don't borrow money you don't have. Uh, take it straight out of your checking account with your ATM debit card. Remember when those came out? Man, those are awesome, right? In fact, they're so popular that as of 2010, debit card spending overtook cash for spending. We love this electronic currency already, okay? In fact, right now in America, listen to this, one in 10 Americans don't even carry paper money anymore, right? In fact, listen to this, those who do still carry money in America, they don't carry very much. 78% of Americans carry less than 50 bucks on them and 49% carry 20 bucks or less, okay? That's how, that's how much is progressing. In fact, one guy says, because of this trend, he says, listen, here in America, if we move to a cashless society, it will not be much of an adjustment for most Americans because we're almost there. In fact, what's really crazy 
is everybody's pushing this. In fact, what you're seeing is the next generation, you announce cash to society, they're going to eat it up big time. You know why? Because this generation is encouraging the next generation, go cashless. Watch what this family's teaching their kids. Let's take a look. The Sutton family has gone from this, this is pre-allowance app, to that. And now I use this. They're one of a growing number of American families using less cash and more plastic for everyday spending. We don't deal with a lot of cash. Even their lunches are now automated um, through credit cards. So they're very, very used to this um, and not used to cash. Buying lunch, shoes, even an iPad, the Sutton children make purchases on their own. From a weekly allowance they get in a card instead of cash. I bought these with my own money so I could play soccer with them. Their parents use a mobile app or go online to transfer money into each child's account. Then Bridget, Hannah, and Samantha use their allowance card to spend their allotment. It's more like your own personal credit card, so you don't have to carry around all this cash. Allowance manager founder Dan Meter says using plastic and tracking spending not only saves families money, it helps children learn how to make transactions in an increasingly cashless society. Yeah. And so when the market beast comes along, hey, why didn't you think of this earlier? My parents trained me to do this, is the trip. Can you believe that? Families in America are training their kids, go cashless. 2,000 years ago, the Bible said, you know you're getting close when you go cashless. You need that for the mark of the beast. And we have families encouraging their kids to do it right now. That's huge, okay? But you've got to understand, it's not just an American phenomenon. This uh, desire and this push to go cashless is everywhere. It's a global phenomenon. Everybody wants to go cashless, even Europe. Check out what they're doing over there. Buying into a cashless future. Okay, thank you. We're try just trying to take car payments today. Shops the, uh, here on Beach Road in Manchester have more and more customers paying by card. That is the way it's going with um, sort of paying on your mobile and stuff as well. It's, there's a lot of other ways to pay other than just cash. Every business on this road, which is lined with independent stores and cafes, now accepts card. Some do so more reluctantly than others. But they're taking part in this cashless experiment, as many shoppers now prefer plastic. Do you prefer to use cash or card? Card, it's much easier. I prefer the use of a card and it's less in my pockets. Last year, spending on cards reached a record £500 billion here in the UK. Cash use has dropped by 14%. I think there will be a point when we don't use physical cash anymore and I don't think it's that far away we we've reached a point where we don't use checks anymore I don't know the last time I wrote a check was um, and I think that the, you know the, the only reason we carry money around is because it was the way to pay for things in the past the way to pay for things in the future isn't going to be with physical cash so not long, long? I say 10 years 10 years and you got what you need to pull off the mark of the beast that's not that far away interesting in fact, it's progressed uh, so much so that some banks in Europe, or listen, are actually encouraging people to, quote, stop. The banks are saying this to the people. Stop using cash and checks in favor of these electronic uh, transactions. In fact, the trend is this. Uh, it says this. In 2014, they said it was the turning point for a cashless technology. Within the global market, there has been a 20-fold increase in cashless transactions compared to the previous year. It's escalating exponentially. These figures, they say, represent, listen, a true shift in attitude towards cashless payments from both event organizers and the public. Listen to this. 
with some becoming their sole method of access and payment. In other words, you cannot get into these events. You cannot buy and sell with cash. That's what they're saying. And they said this, listen, they kind of boasted. We always knew that 2014 would be the year uh, there would be a change in attitude in the cashless society. But these results have exceeded even our highest expectations. Can I translate that for you? Even we in the industry who's pushing this, it's going faster than we could ever dream. Why? Because this is what the Bible said would happen when you're getting close to the last days. I don't know about you, I'd say we're getting close to the last days, okay? Which means the mark of the beast is coming next. So the promotion's been here. The second way we know we're headed for a cashless society around the globe is here's how they're pushing it, okay? Is the convenience factor. Isn't that what it's all about? It's the customer, it's always you, you're always right. John's always right, right, Ruth? Or is it the other way around? You both shake your head. I don't know what to do with that. But anyway, so let's move on. Uh, it's, it's, you know, you're always right. It's, it's about convenience. And, you know, it's, and, and this is what they're doing, folks. And this is how they're pushing it. Everybody loves this cashless stuff. And don't you want to do it too? And it's not just uh, in America. It's not just in Europe. It's all over the world. It's not just for businesses. It's not just personal use. It's everybody. Because can't you imagine what kind of a phenomenal, convenient society, how much pain and torture we could avoid if we just go cashless? And they throw out scenarios like, hey, can you imagine a, a world where there's no more fumbling around in your wallet, huh? No more dropping those coins. No more for looking for something in your wallet. And there's people behind you and you're getting anxious and somebody, whatever. And then ladies, they look in your purse and go, what are you doing with a socket set in that purse? But, and then all that stuff. And get this, no more uh, standing in line behind that lady in Walmart paying with pennies. Can somebody say amen? Oh, this, oh wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be so convenient? We just get rid of cash. That's the selling point, okay? And, and what they're doing is they're taking all these forms that we already use as cashless transactions, all these cards, right? Whether it's a credit card or a debit card, your loyalty cards, how many of those you got? And you got a whole wallet full of these cards. No cash. It's all electronic, but there's a whole bunch of them, right? Now they've combined them all into one. For your convenience, it's called a smart card, okay? Now, for those of you who don't realize, a smart card is about the size of a regular credit card. The difference with this one is it's got a tiny microchip in it. Keyword there, microchip. Because it might migrate from the card into you, and that's where it's going. We'll get to that in a minute. So, so, so isn't that convenient? I mean, this thing, it, 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 it has a microchip, so now it cannot just make financial transactions by itself. It can store all that other stuff as well, which means you can go from a whole bunch of cards into one that could give you vehicle and building access uh, at your workplace or wherever, where you live, computer access, replace all your passwords, your loyalty programs and the airlines, the grocery stores, rapid check-in hotels, all your personal ID. You don't even have to carry your driver's license anymore. Your driver's license, social security card, uh, student ID, health insurance info, it's all right there no matter what doctor you go to, voting information, uh, your fingerprints, your picture, all that on one single car. Which means, ladies, your purses are going to go from this size down to about there. Yeah, I didn't think so. I tried, even though I had not one brave man speak up. I stand alone, Bobby. But anyway, that's right. And I need to ride home. Anybody? But anyway, that's right. Uh, but anyway, but that's in the all oh, one card. You got it all reduced. It's electronic into one card. Okay. Now the the issue is it's not just an idea. It's already being put into play, and it's very very popular. 
Okay, billions of these cards have been issued and have been being issued for a while now uh, and have been for many years, okay? But they're not just selling as a convenience. You're already pushing towards electronic. Get all these electronic cards, get them into one. That's convenient. The second thing that they're selling that would be so convenient for us is they say, if we do this, okay, it's going to be very secure. It's all about security, okay? Because imagine this world. Not only you're not in that line anymore with Walmart and they're looking at your tool set and your purse and all that stuff and all that embarrassing scenario or waiting in line, okay? But can you imagine a world if we just get rid of all cash and we go to these smart cards or some form of electronic payment? Then think about the security. We could get rid of crime overnight. What's for them to steal? Nobody's got cash on them, right? Whether you work at the store, wherever it is. In fact, what they're saying now, and this is how they're pushing it, they're saying we've got to get rid of cash. Because, quote, here's their term, cash is the currency of criminals. Ooh, you criminals, you. Right? <laughs> and, but that's not the other thing. Here comes this, this one. And cash is what's used by those dreaded terrorists. That's what they use to buy their weapons. And so we've got to get rid of cash to provide this security. That's what they're promoting. And listen, they're not promoting it just in America. They want this system put into place on a global scale because it's supposed to be more secure. Let's take a look. We wonder what if we got rid of cash. After all, cash is what keeps terrorists, drug dealers, and gun dealers in business. Could a move to a cashless economy around the world help America? Here now the man with a plan. He wrote about it in Saturday's New York Times, an op-ed called Turn In Your Bin Ladens. How much of terrorist activity is, is, is funded through dollars? Oh, that, that's right. We know, that, we know that insurgents use cash. One can be certain that at least half of the funds involved uh, are indeed being used for gang activity, criminal activity. So, so your that's solution right. is let's get rid of the cash, and that would cut off a lot of the illicit uh, activity out there, and certainly a lot of the funding for, for terrorists, etc. So if we did come up with something, I don't know whether it's linked to your fingerprint or your social security number, whatever it might be, I guess in a sense you're going a national ID card sort of way, but it would require banks, right, to, to agree on, on a language around the world. So it would work everywhere. Ideally, you would have a single standard worldwide. Oh, so don't just push this for security reasons. Ideally, if it's really going to work and control all those terrorists that apparently are going all over the world, then what you need to have is a worldwide standard. Which again, that's what you need for what? The mark of the beast. And so if they use this as an excuse, think about this, guys. If they use this as an excuse to truly pitch this global, universal, electronic standard, then it's already in place for somebody to come along, hijack the whole thing, and say, aha, I got control of it all now. You can't buy or sell. All that, even that's being put into place. Okay, but that's how they're pushing it. Okay, so it's convenient. It's going to provide great security. But one more. Uh, they're saying, oh, oh, imagine this, Jim. I mean, you talk about flexibility. Who doesn't need some flexibility in these crazy, fast, busy times? All, none of you. Praise God. Okay, and uh, <laughs> I feel encouraged today. And uh, because here's what they're saying. Okay, listen, we're, we're making it so convenient for you. We can get all your cards into one, right? Uh, and it's for your security. We can get rid of all crimes. You can walk around in peace. Oh, if we just go cashless. But what they're saying is, hey, you already got this device with you uh, that you carry. So you, now you can even skip the card thing. It's called a cell phone, right? Everybody's got to have a cell phone, right? If you don't have one, the government will buy you one, right? And what they're doing is, uh, because everybody's got a cell phone, okay, now you can skip the whole card thing. Every Now, cell phone payments are the rage. Now, they've been the rage for many years over in uh, Japan, over in Asia, in those areas. They've been doing it for a long time. 
America, it's really starting uh, to push now. Okay, uh, mobile phone payments are the rage. They're literally turning your cell phone into a mobile cash machine. And you could use your cell phone to make purchases, anything from a, a, a pizza delivery to a street vendor to buy a house, a boat, a burger, whatever you want. Okay, and literally it's so convenient for you now. You just take your cell phone, right, that's in your hand, and you just wave your hand, your hand with your cell phone in it. Wait a second, you wouldn't think that that's a conditioning process to get us used to waving our hand with their, and then one day just skip the phone thing. And yeah, we'll get to that in a second. That's actually part of the deal. Now, what's happening is there's now what's currently, whether we realize or not, there is a currency, a mobile payment currency war going on. And a lot of, you know, it's just like, remember when uh, payment forms came out on the internet? There was actually, a, a, there was two competing sources. You guys remember the beta versus VHS days? Oh, praise God, somebody said yes. Okay, but eventually, uh, you know, that's when VHS came out, right? And there was this competing thing going on. Who's going to win? Who's going to win? How many guys actually bought the beta? Praise God, I wasn't the only one. Because uh, you thought for sure that was the one that's going to hand up. No, it didn't. VHS won, right? Okay, wasted that money. All right, well, it's just, and then when the internet came out, they actually had some electronic payments. Multitudes, there was a, pay, it came down to PayPal and what was called ProPay. Guess which one we chose? ProPay. Okay, first beta, now ProPay. Anyway, so, but, but who won? Who's the standard now? Everybody uses for electronic on the internet. PayPal. It's the same thing that's going on right now as we sit here, mobile phone payments here in America. Everybody's fighting who's going to be the top dog. Apple is leading the way. They just came out, because everybody's got an Apple iPhone, right? Apple just came out with what's called Apple Pay, right? And you could buy anything with a wave of your phone. Let's take a look at that. Thanks so much. You too. I'm Matt Mayer, and today I'm going to try a little experiment. Mobile payments have been around for a while, but the arrival of Apple Pay has taken it to the next level. Today, I'm shopping with my iPhone and using Apple Pay. Now, my challenge is to buy everything on my Christmas list today without overreaching for this. I'm just going to use this. I guess the question is, is the future here yet? So far, so good. I have been nailing my Christmas list. I'm gonna get a bite to eat. I'm looking for something for my niece. Now, I know she likes Allure magazine, so I'm on their website. And they have this kind of cool feature where if you're looking at a product, you can just hit the Shop This button, and it takes you to this Shop This with MasterPass page where you can immediately add it to your cart and check out right there. So that's another one down for me. It's great that I can pay with my phone at retailers all across New York City, but some of the biggest retailers in the country have also partnered with Apple Pay, so you can shop without your wallet wherever you go. Man. Jim, aren't you excited about that? Isn't that nifty? Yeah, thumbs up. Thank you, buddy. That's right. I'll give you a, you want a butterscotch thing right now? It's been in my pocket for a while. <laughs> Later? Okay, thank you for your honesty. Give it up for Jim. Jim and Bill, you know, if you're going to be a deacon at sunrise, you want to tell the truth. Thank you. That's a good sign. All right, anyway, but isn't that convenient? Bobby, I mean, everybody's got a cell phone. Now I could use that. And again, it's a war going on. Apple is not the only one. I mean, there's corporations big time fighting over who's going to be the standard. Is it going to be Apple? They're not the only ones. Google is in on it. PayPal wants in on it. Uh, other folks are getting in on it. Starbucks is getting in on this. Now, we've already heard a guy predict, okay, in 10 years, we're going cashless. Listen to what Howard Schultz the chairman and CEO of Starbucks said about not just this push for electronic payments uh, to buy and sell with your phone, 
They're doing it on these scores of millions, okay, at Starbucks. But he admits there is a currency war going on to see who's going to be left on top of this, okay, and listen to how long he says we have before we go completely cashless. Let's take a look at that. Everyone in the world is chasing mobile payment. The question is, who's going to become the visa of digital payment? There's no doubt that the phone is going to become your digital wallet. And, we are, and who are the competitors right now? It's everybody. It's Google, it's Apple, it's PayPal. Yeah. Uh, but Starbucks has a unique position in that we are already processing over 5 million mobile transactions a week on your phone. Give me a sense of how fast the velocity of mobile payments, oh. you know, and at what time will they be, you know, the large majority of the way people pay? What's going to happen in America very quickly is two, three years, uh, I'd say 50% of what you do every day is going to be done on the phone in terms of payment, and eventually we're going to have a cashless society. Wow. Tom, that's, that's way less than 10. He's nailed it down to just a few years two to three, most of it's going to be done. Anybody starting to see a pattern here? They're not just saying someday, somehow, some way, we're going to head towards a cashless society. What are they all saying? It's coming, and it's coming very, very fast. In fact, one more uh, opportunity with that. You talk about convenient. The new versions, Jim, of the phone and these uh, companies that are competing, uh, who's going to be the universal standard? for payment system on your phone. The new systems, actually, if you see the notices, you gotta be up near the register. You gotta tap on this thing, and it's gotta, you gotta be real close to it. Well, isn't this awesome? They've come out with a new one, a new version, that it'll recognize who you are before you even get in the store. Isn't that nifty? Let's take a look at that. There was a time when we needed cash everywhere we went, from filling stations to pay phones, even the tooth fairy dealt only in cash. But money isn't just physical anymore. It's not only the pennies in your piggy bank or that raggedy dollar bill. Money is also digital. It's zeros and ones stored in a computer, prompting some economists to predict the old-fashioned greenback may soon be a goner. Economists like Robert Reich say the demise of cash has been happening ever since our financial fortunes could first be told by a piece of plastic with a magnetic strip. That was half a century ago, and now, 95% of the transactions in America or more are now have nothing to do with physical pieces of paper or coins. Think about it. taxis, parking meters, tolls, even Girl Scout cookies. Did you know we do debit card now? Don't require cash anymore. All proof argue some that cash's days are numbered. All you do is register and you create a virtual tab right on your phone. So when it comes time to pay, you don't pull out your wallet or your credit card. You don't even have to pull out the phone. Instead, a photo pops up on the register, and the money is seamlessly deducted from an account of your choosing. It's going to recognize you before we even walk in. Jared Fleisler uses Pay with Square all the time. And it's not just Square. Everyone from Apple to Google to Visa, even most major banks, are looking to change the way we spend. There will be a time. I don't know when, I can't give you the date, when physical money is just going to cease to exist. I've already said this, but think about the prophetic significance of what that guy just said. 2,000 years ago, the Bible recorded John's revelation, we're going to go to an electronic cashless system 
that is needed for the Antichrist to implement the mark of the beast to only make financial transactions with a mark in your right hand or your forehead. And they're saying it's almost here. This isn't coming. This is almost here. Everybody is in agreement. It's coming very fast, which means the mark of the beast is almost here. And if that happens during the seven-year tribulation, therefore, how much closer is the rapture of the church which takes place prior? It's getting close, folks. Time to get motivated. Okay. The third way that we know uh, it's coming real fast is now you're starting to see the option taken away. And that's because they're starting to mandate it. Right? Slowly close you in. You know, first it's a convenient. First it's just those techie people. Then, okay, whatever. The next generation, they're more open to it. Those younger whippersnappers, okay? But for those of you who think that, hey, you know what? Forget that, man. I can see where this is leading. I'm not going to be a part of this. I am going to opt out of this cashless society system. Uh, excuse me? You better read your Bible. The Bible is very clear, folks, that the Antichrist is going to mandate it for those who reject Jesus Christ today and find themselves unfortunate in the seven-year tribulation. Uh, you better get saved today. Here's what he's going to do. Once again, let's take a look at our text. You are not going to have an option. It's going to be forced on you. Revelation 13, 12, 14, 15, 16, 17. Mario, say hike. Thank you. Uh, he made. What? Is there a choice in this? No, he made the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose fatal wound had been healed. He ordered, is there a choice in that? He ordered them to set up an image and honor the beast who was wounded by the sword and yet lived. He caused, is it a choice? No, he caused all who refused to worship the image to be killed. And he also, what? Forced everyone, the whole planet, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on his right hand or on his forehead so that no one could buy or sell unless he had that mark. So if you're thinking that you're just going to somehow be the ultimate survivor, you're going to uh, uh, store up gold and cash, forget it. Read your Bible. Don't put your security in that. Your only security, the ultimate security, eternal security, is Jesus Christ. Okay? It's not stocking up a bunch of stuff. All right? That's it. And that's what it says. You, the, the, the ability for you to, quote, opt out of the system, right, is not going to be there. He is going to, the Antichrist, make, order, cause, force people to take this mark in order to buy and sell your dead meat. Now, I said all that. That too, folks, is showing sign of happening very quickly. I.e., the choice, the mandate, the choice is being taken away. The mandate's here. The same pressure tactics that the Antichrist is going to use during the seven-year tribulation is being used to push people towards this first phase of going cashless. It's not an option anymore. You want to function in society? You have to go cashless. Let me give you some examples. In Europe right now, smart cards aren't just commonplace. They're going to become a necessity. You have to have one. Listen to this. England is expecting to have all governmental services online and will issue citizens with smart cards to access the system. You want your paycheck from the government? No option. You have to have this electronic card. Okay. Even here in the U.S., this has been going on for years. In light of the terrorist attacks, okay, the Pentagon mandated smart cards for millions of troops and civilians uh, in order to, listen to this, open secure doors, check out weapons, Get cash and buy food. Ooh, interesting. Oh, and you think, well, that's just, you know, the folks who work for the government or involved with the government or the military. What? No, it's the individual. In fact, if you, um, how many guys, when you get your uh, credit card statement in there, you are so, so diligent to read that size two font on that 14-page disclaimer. You're so excited about it. You even take it over to your neighbors. Hey, check this out. Yeah, I don't read it either. But you need to, because what's happening is uh, they may have already made the switch on you to a smart card. 
Visa and MasterCard are saying, quote, American credit cards will disappear in 2015 and be replaced, whether you want one or not, with a smart card, one that has a microchip in it. Whether you, in fact, a lot of them, you may already have them, and you didn't read the fine print as I didn't, and you may already have it. But they're saying we're going to phase out those old ones and get one that only has a microchip. Why? Because haven't you guys been watching the news? Weren't you around for the holidays? What was the big scare during the holidays? Remember Target? Got Home Depot, eBay, and all that stuff? All those cards got compromised? <gasps> so here's the solution. We're going to mandate everybody has to get one of these new microchip cards. Whether you want one or not, because it's for your security. These guys can't be hacked. Actually, they can. Lord willing, we'll see that maybe in another week or two, okay? And it makes you wonder, why were they pumping that? Uh, you know, because they always want us to shop and shop big time. In fact, it's your patriotic duty to shop to keep the economy going. Do you realize that? Right? And that's what is my big pet peeve all around Christmas. They force you and I shop, 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 shop. Because if we don't, the economy's going down. This is our last chance to have a great fiscal year. Get out there and buy something you don't need to impress somebody you don't know and you don't even care. Americans. Right? Right? But anyway, so that's really what's going on. But, but you're thinking, now of all times to be when you want us to shop and spend cash, why are you pumping out these stories over and over again about people getting ripped off? You'd think that that would, why? Unless, of course, you did that repeatedly so that you could create a crisis to manage the outcome to mandate now every card's getting a microchip. They wouldn't do that, would they? Remember that swap plan? Still got a couple parcels. Meet me after the service. Okay, yeah, excuse me, okay. But you might be thinking, okay, Pastor, this is just wacky conspiracy stuff. There's no way this is going to go across the whole planet, right? Maybe individuals, individual companies, certain areas, but the whole planet really is going to go cashless? Well, folks, it's not just going to happen. Again, read your Bible, okay? It's happening. In fact, another big thing that we're seeing, for the first time in mankind's history, whole countries are now mandating a cashless society. Whole countries are mandating you cannot use cash anymore. Sweden's one of them. Watch what they're doing. Shopping for snacks in Stockholm has got a lot simpler in recent years. My pin code, and then it's done. In part, that's thanks to cashless payment systems, like the one developed by entrepreneur Peter Friedel. Cash presents a lot of problems for society as a whole. Friedel's firm, Seamless, now operates in 30 different countries. But here in internet-enabled Sweden, it's just one of several companies competing to replace cash. You want to challenge the old banking industry, by providing these new um, innovative mobile payment services. The old banking industry has reacted, with six of Sweden's largest banks banding together in 2012 to build an instantaneous mobile payment platform, Swish. The idea that banks could cooperate to kill off cash might be unthinkable elsewhere. But it's not so surprising in Sweden, where bills and coins recently constituted less than 3% of the country's domestic product. Many bank branches here no longer carry hard currency. Homeless magazine vendors, like Jimmy here, use wireless card readers to accept credit and debit card payments. And then I press this? Yeah. And certain cell phone stores sport signs saying, no cash accepted. Now folks, I, I, you know, Brandy's here, you can verify after the service. I may not be the sharpest knife in the drawer, and yes, maybe years ago, the cheese done slid off my cracker. But uh, you know you're going to a cashless society when you not only see signs in the window that says, no cash allowed, but when your homeless people take only electronic payments. Oh, can you believe that? That's wild. This is happening. This is predicted 2,000 years ago, okay? 
right? And it's not just Sweden, folks. It's the whole world. Japan's going down this route. Nigeria, Canada. I don't have time to get into this. Check it out yourself. It's called Royal Mint. They're switching to an electronic currency in Canada. Royal Mint. Australia, others country in Europe. Everybody's wanting to go on this. In fact, Britain recently did a social experiment where they only allowed cashless payments from their shops to test whether Britain would become a cash-free country. Quote, it worked so good that apparently Britain is now at the forefront of countries heading towards becoming cashless because the public wants this. Everybody's going cashless. This is on countrywide. This is what's different this time. Not individuals, not just some techies. Whole countries are going. Now, one of the wildest ones that's going on right now who's really pushing cashless, of all people, it's Israel. Israel is pushing this like you cannot believe. Now, that's wild because we not only see that what starts the seven-year tribulation, what country makes a treaty with the Antichrist? Israel, Daniel 9, 27. And what country is pushing an electronic payment system that is needed for the Antichrist mark of the beast system? Israel. Listen to this. Israel has already launched a special committee and has recommended a three-phase plan to do away with all cash transactions in Israel. Why? The motivation for examining a cashless economy in Israel is, quote, combating money laundering, tax evasion, and, of course, to stop those terrorists from financing their terrorist activity. So Israel's pushing for that. Now, speaking of what people can do, uh, limiting, one guy said this, in a cashless society, literally every transaction on the planet would be tracked. And if a government decided to squash its dissidents, it could cut them off from the economy. You know, like what we are doing currently as a tool with oil to Russia. And what happened, we saw last week with Libya and Iraq and possibly soon with China. We don't need oil anymore to take you down, to get you to do what we want you to do. We'll just shut you off from the global economy on a planetary-wide basis you won't be able to buy and sell. Folks, that's being put into place now. Now. 2,000 years ago, Warren Buffett is being put into place now. In fact, by the end of 2016, National Bank, and this is Denmark's central bank, they are saying they're going to stop producing money altogether. They're going to outsource it because they say, listen to this, they said it is no longer a sound financial option. In other words, it's going to electronic so fast, you're wasting your money printing money. This is what's happening, okay? And believe it or not, without this grand scheme, there's only one small problem okay, that they have to get the world to go cashless. You see, the problem is they're not secure, right? We'll get into that, Lord willing, later about people being able to hack into your phone, hack into your smart card. They want to say it is, but it's not. We'll get to that. But again, there's even the side issue, okay? There's only one problem. You could still lose the card. You could still lose your phone. Somebody could steal the card, steal the phone. So now you're back to square one. What are you going to do? Well, Motorola has come up with a new uh, methodology to the rescue, Uh, When it comes to mobile phone payments or just access to your phone, they've now come out with what's called a digital tattoo that you put on your wrist to secure your phone to keep making your mobile payment. Watch this. An average user unlocks their phone 39 times a day, and it takes them 2.3 seconds every time they do so. It is so cumbersome that more than 50% of users do not lock their phones, exposing their personal data to theft. So we started working on making it easier for people to unlock their phones. Your phone is personal to you, so how you access it should be personalized to your style. Now we are excited about a new wearable. It's a digital tattoo from Beaverlink. 
we worked with Motorola to make a digital tattoo. It's easy to put on and lasts for five days. Whether you take a shower or exercise, you don't have to worry about it. It goes where you go. It's so comfortable that you barely notice and is easy to use. No fumbling, no typing, just tap. Yeah. So just tap your phone to this mark on your wrist and, and, and then I can make my payments and it's secure, they can't hack it. And, and You know what? How about we just skip the whole phone thing altogether? You know what I'm saying? And wouldn't it be great if they just come up with something I could just use the mark on my hand? Folks, it's all step by step. Slowly but surely, they're corralling us to the ultimate goal. And that's where it's heading, okay? Because this is the issue, folks. There still is a problem with uh, uh, Motorola's uh, uh, solution here, with the digital tattoo. As he said, it only lasts five days. <sighs> How inconvenient is that? Right? Or what if it did peel off? Or what if it did come off? Or what if somebody ripped it off of you? Okay, then what? You're back to square one. Uh. Well, maybe, Mario, if you got used to having a digital tattoo on your hand, on your wrist, in order to make payments, okay, uh, and secure things, uh, then again, maybe you'd like to get one that's even safer. See, that's an external tattoo. What if you got an internal tattoo that did the same thing? You can only skip the whole phone thing, but who's going to rip that off? Now, folks, as we saw last week, they're not just saying uh, that that's coming. People are already doing it. Remember last week with the Bitcoin? But what's scary is what they're saying is this new generation, the younger generation, you know what we saw at the beginning, the families encouraging them to only go cashless? They say that that generation is going to prefer the chip over anything external. It's going to be mandated real soon. Let's take a look. Chances are you're carrying a couple of RFID microchips now. And if you are, they're sending out a 15-digit number that identifies you. That number can be picked up by what's called an ISO-compliant scanner. And they're everywhere too. The chips are embedded in credit cards, Mikey cards, and the swipe cards that let people into their office buildings. They're used to track manufactured goods in factories and stores, identify livestock and lost pets. And now RFID microchips like this are being injected into humans. Dr. Mark Gasson of the University of Reading in England was injected with one in 2009 to control electronic devices in his office. The microchip implants are coated with a biocompatible material that enables them to bond with the surrounding flesh and sinew. That keeps them in place but makes their surgical removal difficult and painful. Companies in America have marketed human microchips for security or medical purposes, and they use the chips to open doors or unlock their cars, phones and computers with a simple wave of their hand. Having an electronic implant might seem too painful or weird to even contemplate, but scientists like Warwick and Gasson say that view will change dramatically. Forget mobile phones, your children and grandchildren may well want an implant instead. It's not possible to interact in society in a meaningful way by uh, not having a mobile phone. I think human implants are likely to go along a very similar route. It would be such a disadvantage to not have the implant that it essentially becomes not optional. Can I translate that for you? That means it's mandated. 
You want to function in society? You got to get the implant. Step by step, first the phone, then the implant. First you have a choice to do it, then the choice is taken away. And what did Revelation 13 say? He's going to make, he's going to order, he's going to force, he's going to cause you to do it. And it's already here. Not 50 years down the road, it's already here, already being implemented. And that's why Jesus said, Luke 21, 28, when these things begin to take place, you better stand up, you better lift up your heads because your redemption's drawing near. The wedding day approaches, church. This is good news, okay? But let's not get to heaven empty-handed. Let's get busy sharing the gospel, letting other people know there's a way out of this nightmare. And nightmare is the key word. I didn't say that, Jesus did. He said again, it's the worst time in the history of mankind. You don't want to be there. Which means if you're here today, I don't know your heart, but if you're not truly born again, you better get saved now. The last thing you want to do is to get left behind because you will be thrust into this time period and you don't want to be there. Call upon the name of Jesus Christ. Ask him to forgive you of all your sins now and be saved before it's too late. Amen? Well, hi, this is Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church and Get a Life Ministries. And I hope you enjoyed today's study. But in closing, before you go, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? You see, here's the problem. The Bible says that nobody automatically gets to go to heaven. And that's because God is holy and we are not. The Bible says that the wages of our sin or our unholiness or the wrong things that we have done have separated us from God. And the wages of our sin or unholiness uh, means that we deserve to die and receive God's judgment to go to hell and not heaven. In other words, we're disqualified for heaven. And that's because God being holy and us being not, the two cannot mix. So what are we going to do? Well, that's bad enough. The other problem is we don't even want to admit this dilemma, even though God already knows it all. And so out of love, God gave us something called the Ten Commandments to show us that we're really disqualified for heaven. We're not holy. We're not perfect like him. Uh, let's take a, a look at just a few of those uh, here today. Uh, the Bible says, the Ten Commandments says, you shall not bear false witness. That means lying. How many of you have ever told a lie before? Well, those of you who didn't raise your hand, you just did. Okay, let's be honest, folks. Let's not tell another lie. We've all lied. Well, believe it or not, that disqualifies you for heaven. That's how holy God is. He is the truth. He does not lie. And so that makes us a liar. Another of the Ten Commandments says you shall not steal, okay? How many have ever taken anything without permission? Well, all of our hands should have went up at that one. Uh, we've already said we're a bunch of liars, okay? Well, we've all done that. And it doesn't have to be a bank. Uh, it could be a pencil in the third grade. Uh, that means that we're a thief, okay? The Bible says that God is so holy, even his name is holy. And that's why one of the Ten Commandments says you shall not use the Lord's name in vain, Hey, folks, isn't it ironic how uh, now the blessed name of Jesus Christ, the Bible says there's no other name under heaven by which men might be saved, Jesus Christ, has now become a cuss word? Folks, the Bible says that's the sin of blasphemy. Okay? And folks, let's be honest. We've used God's name in vain uh, before. The Bible also says in the Ten Commandments, you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus takes the standard even higher. He says, listen, it's not just physical adultery. He says, surely I tell you, that if you look at another person with lust in your eye, you've committed adultery in your heart. God looks at the heart. One more out of the Ten Commandments says, you shall not murder. And you might say, well, hey, I haven't done that one. Really? The Bible says that the sin of hatred is akin to the sin of murder. 
You, in other words, in your heart, wish they were dead. You pulled the trigger, if you will, in your own heart. And the Bible says God sees that and it's just as bad. He knows the mind. He knows the hearts, the thoughts, and the intents that we have. Folks, that's just five out of the Ten Commandments. How are you doing? Not very well. None of us can keep them. They're God's x-ray to show us that we're disqualified. And so when, not if, your time comes, because we're all marching towards the grave at different speeds, you're going to have to stand before God. And you're going to have to uh, say who you really are. He already knows. Hey, God, let me into heaven. Uh, I'm, I'm a liar. I'm a thief. I'm a blasphemer, adulterer, and a murderer. Folks, the Bible is clear. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. That's the problem. Here's the good news. God so loved the world that he sent his one and only begotten son, Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in him, what he did on the cross, on our behalf, that we will not perish, we will not go to hell, but he will give us the gift of eternal life. Jesus died on the cross to forgive us of all of our sins. It's something that we don't earn. We, we, we can't earn. It's a gift, the Bible calls it. And a gift cannot be earned. He was taking the death penalty in our place. That's what the cross was of the day. And that if we would just ask Jesus Christ to forgive us of our sins and believe that in our heart that God raised him from the grave, showing that his death is satisfactory to God to forgive us of all of our sins, no matter what we've done, the Bible says we shall be saved. Uh, the Apostle Paul says that if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the grave, we will be saved. Let me give you a common analogy of what God's doing and what he did for us with Jesus dying on the cross on our behalf. Uh, in life, we know that people uh, can be sentenced for a crime uh, to where they're actually on death row. Uh, the courtroom scene has completely finished. The gavel has already sounded. Uh, they are going to jail and they're just awaiting their time before they go to the death penalty. Uh, as they're sitting there in the jail cell, uh, it, it's a proven fact they did what they did. Everybody knows it. They're just waiting for that time for their uh, number to come up, so to speak, and walk down that hall and be executed. Uh, there's nothing they could do to reverse their crime. No amount of good works in that jail cell can reverse what they've done. It's too late. It's over. But believe it or not, there's one way that people even today can get off a death row. And that's if the one in authority, the governor, if he were to, out of mercy and kindness, nothing that the person did, because they don't earn it and they don't deserve it, and they can't earn it, if he would grant them what's called a pardon, out of the kindness of his heart, he has the authority to grant them a pardon and absolve them completely of their crimes uh, against the state. And did you know that there's actually been people that this has happened to, that the governor, out of mercy, has granted them a pardon as a gift, and they've gone down to the jail cell and handed that person, extended it through the bars, here, I'm granting you a pardon. If you would just receive it, you can go free right now. And did you know that there's actually been people who've said, no, I don't want your pardon. And so what happened is of their own doing, even though they had a way out, they still had to go to the death penalty. Folks, can I tell you something? That's what God did for us with Jesus dying on the cross. He sent his son to take the death penalty in our place. He, God, has the authority to grant us through Jesus a complete pardon. And every day that you're still alive, God is extending to you spiritually this pardon. But a pardon does you no good unless you reach out 
and receive it by faith. Won't you do that today? Won't you call upon the name of Jesus Christ? Ask Him to forgive you of all of your sins, to trust in His work on the cross, to pardon us from all of our crimes, our sins against God. God loves you. He wants a relationship with you. But there's only one way to heaven. It's Jesus. There's only one way to get off a death row. It's through the cross of Jesus Christ. Won't you do that right now? Well, this has been Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church and, and Get a Life Ministries. And if there's anything that we can do for you, uh, please don't hesitate uh, to contact us. Uh, our number, our information will uh, come up here on the screen shortly. And uh, uh, if there's anything we could do for you, please don't hesitate to let us know. Uh, thank you for uh, joining us. And uh, remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless. Thank you for watching this presentation from Sunrise Baptist Church. If you would like to send us a letter or any other kind of postage, you can reach us at 1780 Betty Lane, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89156. For more information, you can give us a call at 702-452-8599 or email us at bcrone at getalifemedia.com or you can visit our website at www.getalifemedia.com. Billy Crone and this ministry can also be found on Facebook and Twitter. Join us for services at www.sunriselv.com.